weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Here is today's special guest speaker. I want you to grab a hold of your Bibles, or if your word is on your phone, grab a hold of your phone, your tablet, whatever it is. You may be seated and just lay your hand on top of that, whether it's your phone, Bible, tablet, whatever it is. And I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. This is God's word. It has been given to me by him. It saves me. It heals me. It builds my faith. It keeps me from sin. It cleanses me. It defeats my enemies. And it is power in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 and amen. I'm going to ask you uh, uh, to turn to the book of Second Chronicles. A lot of preachers preach this story. You ever preach this? Oh, well, I guess not a lot of preachers. I read this uh, some time ago, and the Lord just quickened my spirit, quickened my spirit so much. Brother, can you turn this mic up a hair? Check. Thank you. That's good. Second Chronicles, chapter 20. Now, uh, this is a story about King Jehoshaphat. And I picture it happening like this. I'll read here in a moment. But Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, wakes up in the morning. They're bringing him his pancakes and syrup, probably some well-done sausage links and maybe some grits. Okay, I got to stop, man. And uh, he's getting ready to eat. At least that's what I like to th Now, this is not biblical, okay, just so you know. And in Second uh, Chronicles 20, verse 1, And it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. So he found out that two nations plus some others are getting ready to come against him. But, in verse 2, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. So Jehoshaphat gets up in the morning, and he's getting ready to have his breakfast. And all of a sudden, he gets some news that is not good news. 
got the Ammonites. He's got, um, oh, come on, Bill. The Moabites, thank you. And they bring some others with them, and they're getting ready to attack them. And then some other people came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, Syria's coming, a great multitude. <clears throat> this is not your typical kingly problem in your nation. His very kingship, if you will, is about to be threatened. He's got three nations that are mentioned, plus others, coming to do battle. Sometimes we have days like this, don't we? You ever woke up in the morning getting your day started and you got a call? Cousin so-and-so, something happened. They're on their deathbed and... You sit down to balance the checkbook, and you got many more bills than income. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then you find out your child has done something unbelievable, and you've got to get them out of trouble. You see, I have found that when troubles happen, they don't take a number. they hit you. And this is what happened to Jehoshaphat. Now I want you to look at the beginning of verse 3. The first three words. And Jehoshaphat feared. You ever had them moments when You've gotten a number of, of, of bad reports and things are not going well. And all of a sudden you begin to fear. Now I know the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. But in that scripture, it's not talking about being afraid. It's talking about being timid about your uh, religion. There's nothing wrong with fear. God put fear in you. How many times have you gone into a situation and you looked around, you got afraid and said, I better get out of here? Huh? I've been in a number of them. And uh, so it says, Jehoshaphat feared. So the Bible says he picked up his phone, or I'm sorry, they didn't have phones back then. He sent a message to Aunt Ethel, and he needed her to come right away so he could talk to her. And then he sent a message to his friend, Howard. He wanted Howard to come so he could get some advice on what he should do. Look at verse 3 after it says Jehoshaphat feared. And set himself to seek the Lord. Let me say that again. He set himself to seek the Lord. 
Now, I've got a lot of friends. I love them dearly. I got some good relatives, people that I can trust in, I can go to for advice. I learned a long time ago when I'm having one of these days, it is not about calling my relatives or calling my friends or calling other people that I trust in. I learned a long time ago, Pastor, that I have got to do the first thing I have got to get on my knees. And not only do I get on my knees, there's them days like Jehoshaphat is happening. I've got to get on my face before the Lord. Now, let's look at what happened here. See, Jehoshaphat did the right thing. He set himself to seek the Lord. He then proclaimed a fast. Do people do that anymore? Good. He proclaimed a fast throughout the country, and everybody sought the Lord. Verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our Father, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Now, these are what you call Rhetorical questions. Why is he asking God who he is? You know what he's doing? He's actually telling God that he knows who he is. Sometimes when you're facing things, sometimes, when it's more than just your normal everyday troubles, you have to stand there. And also for the benefit of the enemy, God, aren't you the one who saved me? Aren't you the one who took the sin out of my life and put me on a new path? God, aren't you the one who delivered me two years ago from that car accident? God, aren't you the one who provided when I was hurting? Now, God already knows this. What is going on here? He's reminding himself. Sometimes, as we live in the flesh on this earth, we have to remind ourselves who God is. You see, when you remind yourself who God is, something begins to happen inside of you. Something begins to stir up. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, this is tough. I got all these things. But, 
But I remember here just a couple years ago, this was, man, God showed up in a big way. Now, so Jehoshaphat prays. Look at verse 11. Here they are. Now, I, I have to tell you this because I'm not reading the previous verses. These people that are coming against him were driven out of the land by uh, the armies of God. And in verse 11, he says, Now here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which, you, which you've given us. You know the devil wants to take what God has given you? He don't want you to have it. He hates you. Now, <laughs> uh, which you have given us to inherit, now, verse 12, this is important. He says, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now, I would like to think that I'm a strong man of God. But I've faced things. I've been attacked. I've had things come against me that I knew immediately that I did not have the power to come against it. And I understood that I am not going to be able to do anything. Do you know sometimes God will send you things to make you realize that it's him? Huh? There are times God will put things in your life that aren't pleasant or allow things to happen so that you can realize this isn't me. It's God living in me. He's the one that's going to handle this for me. I can't do it. Verse 12, he recognized he had no power against all these nations coming against him. Now, I want to bring up something here. These things happen. Jesus said, I believe it was John chapter 10, he said, in this world, you will have many troubles. Right? There's going to be things that happen to you in this world. The world is sinful. There's going to be negative things that happen. But see, this is the enemy that we're fighting against. He may not have even caused these things coming against us. Sometimes I think we give the devil too much credit. But just because we live in this sinful world, things happen. Here's where the danger is for Christians. These things happen, and all of a sudden, you start hearing things like 
boy, you ain't going to make it this time. You're going under this time. All this stuff that's coming against you and that's happening to you, you're not going to survive this. That is the enemy. Listen, when you're riding a high in Jesus, they're not going to come against you. They know they can't beat that. But the moment that you're down and you've got troubles more than the usual, that's when they come in and start putting the thoughts in. And Sunday morning comes, your alarm goes off. Uh, you know what, all this stuff going on, I, I, just, I just don't feel like getting up and going and worshiping today or praising. Or, I, I'm just going to stay in bed. You know where them thoughts come from. Those are the times that we have to remind ourselves, regardless of what is going on in my life, I've got to get to the place where I can worship with my brothers and sisters, where I can praise God with them, where I can do what I do. See, not only do we fight against the things that happen to us, but the enemy takes advantage of when those things happen to us. I want you to look at something. In verse 14, Jehoshaphat had called a fast. The country had been praying. Verse 14 says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. When you give your life to God, Something happens. If you had children and one of your children was having trouble with something, maybe from a bully in the playground, I know I've said, son, you need to stand up to him and fight. And No, man, I went to the playground. I said, and I would tell the kid, stop messing with my son. He said, if you don't, you bring your daddy over here and we'll have a conversation. Now, this is before I was saved. Okay. And you see, when God looks at us, he don't want us to fail. He don't want us to fall. So the prophet is speaking. Verse 16, tomorrow, go down against them. They will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear, 
or be dismayed tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Now they got three nations that were mentioned, plus others that are coming against them. They're far outnumbered. God said, listen, just get your battle stuff on. Go on down there. You're not going to have to fight. Uh, what, Lord? Think about that. See, this next part is what I like. So this is after the prophet spoke to them. Verse 18, it says that all of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord and worshipped. Um, verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, who should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now, I remember when I read this some time ago, I thought, now, wait a minute. God didn't tell him to send the praisers first. That ain't what God, he said, go down. Like you're going to fight, you ain't going to have to fight. So why would Jehoshaphat call all the praisers together and send them down before the army? Huh. You know, as a praiser, you got to wonder what was going through some of their minds. Oh, now, wait a minute. We got them three nations and others. And you're sending me down there with my horn and my drum? And my banner? Really? <laughs> now, what are they doing? Look at verse 22. Now when they began to sing <laughs> and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Oh, now listen here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Listen now. What was Jehoshaphat doing? He wasn't praising God for an answered prayer. He wasn't praising God that he got to go down and possibly fight in a battle. 
What was he doing? He said, the Lord spoke to me through the prophet. I got a word from the Lord. I got a promise from God. I'm going to praise him. He sent them down there praising God just for the promise he had gotten. He was praising him for the promise. Oh, y'all ain't getting this. He praised him for the promise. Listen, we come in here. Y'all had a good worship session. You praise the Lord. It's not hard to remember what the Lord has done for you, is it? See, I remember the life I had before I got saved. I was a wreck, man. I was a wreck. So it's easy for me to praise the Lord for me being saved and the things he took out of my life. It's easy to look over the last 25 years and pick out numerous things that he's done for me. Oh, I praise him for that. That's easy. But what Jehoshaphat did, he had all those armies down there ready to come against his country. And God sent a promise and said, you won't have to fight. Oh, my goodness. He praised God for what he said he would do. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me this morning. He decided in his mind, I heard a word from the Lord. I am going to send out the praisers first, and I am going to praise God for what he said he would do. Not for what he's done, but what he said he would do. That's a special praise right there. See, it's easy to praise God for what he's already done, isn't it? But is it easy to praise for something that you got out of here that you ain't seen yet? Huh? No. Sometimes we come in here, spirits here, Everybody's worshiping and praising, and it's wonderful. There's a spirit of praise, but there are those times when it seems like everything in the world has come against us, and the devil's speaking to our mind, you're going under this time. And we look at our Bible because it's what we know to do, and we find a promise. And you're down, and you're hurting, and you're struggling. This ain't the first thing you feel like doing. Come on now. That is not the first thing that you feel like doing. But here's the problem. As Christians, we go by what we feel instead of going by what we know. 
there has to come a revelation that whether I feel like God's going to do something, whether I feel good, whether I feel like praising him, I know what this says. So I'm going to stand here. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to praise him because I know he has promised it to me. Now, let me tell you how we can do that. Let's look at the word, Numbers 23 and 19. Numbers 23 and 19. Listen to this now. I'm just going to read this first line. God is not a man that he should lie. Every word that has been put into this and given to you is going to come to pass. You may not see it. You may not feel it. You may not think it's coming. But by goodness, if he said it, Oh, is anybody hearing me this morning? I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all, say all, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, why? To the glory of God through us. God gets glory when he follows through on his promises. And this word tells me that every promise is yes and amen. What he said, he will do. What he said is going to come to pass. What he said will happen. Now, this next scripture, I think, is one of the most overlooked scriptures in the Bible. I want you to look at Isaiah 55 and verse 10. God is speaking through the prophet in Isaiah 55, starting with 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Here we go. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. That word void, if you look it up in the original Hebrew in the concordance, means empty. What is God saying? 
so shall my word be that goes from forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. What's he saying? If I said it, it will not return to me without accomplishing what I sent it to do. Now listen. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Mm. This is directly from God. He said, if I said it, it's going to happen. If I said it, it's going to happen. Now, he says his word won't return unto him void. Listen now. So does God speak his word and it just floats out there until it gets back to him? No. Listen to this now. If if you're a tither, and I hope you are, and you come into a financial crunch, and you feel like, man, I can't pay my tithe. You have to return that word. Listen, God said the word will not return to him empty. How's it get returned to him? Hello? You. So you have that problem and you're struggling. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Lord, man, I'm struggling right now in this area, but you told me you would open up a window and pour out a blessing that I couldn't hold. Guess what you've just done? You have returned his word to him. Oh, y'all ain't getting You're sick in your body. And I remember something in his word about, let me see, he was wounded for my transit. He was bruised for my iniquities. A chastisement of my peace was upon him. Oh, yeah. And by his stripes, I'm healed. What have you just done? You've returned his word to him. And God said through Isaiah that when my word is returned it will be full. It will do what it's supposed to do. It's not 
going to be void and empty. I'm telling you right now, get this word because this is Bible 101, I think, here. Return his word to him. Return his word to him. You got some children giving you problems and they're out in the world somewhere? Well, doggone it. Speak. Teach a child in the way they should go and they will not, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Whoa! God heard his word return to him. Guess what? He starts to move and work. Are y'all hearing me? Now, this requires you to know something a little bit about the word. You have got to grab a hold of the promises so you can return those promises to him. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Send him back, return to him, his promises. And it will accomplish what he sent it to do. And once you do that, then you get out the best weapon of all. You praise him for the promise that you just like Jehoshaphat. Oh, oh, I found my promise. Lord, I praise you for this promise I just read. I pray, thank you, Lord, for how you're going to deliver me. I praise you, God, even though I don't have the answer yet, even though I'm not delivered yet. I thank you and I praise you for what word you have given me. Because I know it won't come back to you empty. Well, I hope y'all are getting this. See, what I'm talking about here is a lifestyle. You hear me? I'm talking about a way of life. Now listen, I, I like going to church. I like getting preached to. I might even get saved one day. That's a joke. <laughs> I love going to church. I loved your worship here. But when you're at home alone and you get those things that hit you that ain't just the norm and you can't believe all these things are happening and then the devil starts speaking to your mind you've got to pull out your weapons which are not of this world by the way but are mighty through God with a pulling down of strongholds y'all hearing me you see I'm sure the enemy was smiling when he had put the thoughts in these nations' head to attack Jehoshaphat. 
and they were coming against them and all of a sudden as the devil's watching over this whole thing all of a sudden here comes Jehoshaphat's armies praise the Lord hallelujah I could see the devil go what what waving their banners hitting their drums blowing their horn the Lord is good his mercy endures forever we praise him we praise him Back in Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles twenty. Verse twenty two again. Now when they began to sing and to praise. You see, this is, they had all these nations and people coming against them. And they're walking down there, waving banners, hitting drums, blowing horns, saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah! You see, this is what I like to call Crazy praise. Crazy praise. When you get that look in your eye. And the devil's looking at, what's he smiling for? What's that? My eyes are. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Anybody ever see The Shining? Jack Nicholson when he comes walking down. <laughs> what what's that he says? That's so famous in that movie. I can't think of it now. Oh, doesn't he go? I'm back. Doesn't he say that? That's the way we gotta be, doggone it. Listen, he may knock me down for a second, man. He may knock me down for a second. He may get me fearing for a moment, but once I remember that there's a promise for me somewhere, I can stand there, lift my hands over my head. Lord, thank you for this promise. You are not a man that you should lie. You told me your word would not return unto you void, but it's going to do what you sent it to do. So, Lord, I stand here with my hands lifted. I stand here in the middle of my trouble. I stand here in the middle of my problems. And I am glorifying your name because your word has taken care of me time after time after time after time. Crazy praise. If you remember one thing from this message, remember this. Crazy praise. Nutcase praise. P 
padded room praise, straight jacket praise. You call it what you want. <laughs> but there is power in that kind of praise. God hears that kind of praise, and he moves on your behalf because of that kind of praise. Stand to your feet. Now, I'm not going to stand up here, folks, and tell you that this kind of praise is easy. Y'all hearing me? It's not easy. It's not. You got all these problems coming, and they're especially the ones where you don't know what's going on. This is a little bit more than the normal. Well, it's not easy to stand there, lift your hands and praise. But if you have a hold of a promise and you return it to him, listen now, this is good. You return his word to him, which does not come back to him empty, and you begin to praise. See, here's what I like to, when, when, when they began to praise, let me look. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. Listen to me. People that were on the same team because of that crazy praise all of a sudden started attacking one another. And they killed each other. They killed each other. Jehoshaphat's armies never had to fight. That's our special guest speaker today at Encounter. All of our guest speaker messages can be downloaded from our website, godenc.com. Messages from Bishop Michael Rice are freely available on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.